Yeah, well, the, the, one of the reasons I, st- I have started to sort of get better and really enjoy it is because when I started, when I obviously started and started up, and I still am starting up, I suppose, but 12 months ago, I was, when you start a business, you need help, you need to reach out and you need help um, and you need introductions and you need this, that and the other. But at the same time, you really haven't got much, a great deal to give back <laughs> at that stage. And that was a real worry for me. I thought, well, I can't really ask that person to introduce me to that person or to help you with this because I can't offer anything back. But people, I learned very quickly that the, the right people are just happy to help. And mm-hmm. They really are. They don't want anything back. They don't want, you know, they just don't want anything back and they just want to help. And I think that without me to sound too cheesy uh, so the world really is a better place with with that with more people with that attitude hi i'm james elwood of nfl weekends and you're listening to the traveling optimist podcast with steve Odie. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Travelling Optimist podcast, the home of optimism, insight and uplifting stories. Our guest today is James Elwood, Managing Director of NFL Weekends, all-round good guy, sports fanatic and lover of travel. His career has taken him to Harrods when he left school, down to Oz and New Zealand for a few spells to play cricket, and he got the travel bug when he worked with several of the UK's top travel companies. James set up NFL Weekends just before COVID struck. Now, that could have been that, you know, throw in the towel, look for something else. But it wasn't for James. James decided to fight, to use the most challenging of times to build his network, build more relationships and double down on his positive mindset. He's going to be ready for when the travel gates open up again and his clients can once again hear the phrase, welcome aboard this flight to Miami International Airport. Uh, Welcome to the show, James. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate that. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I know. I, I I know like loads of people that are just dying to get on a plane <laughs> and want to go abroad. And I think there's going to be a, as well, a massive cheer. <laughs> the the gates, the the doors on the plane close, cabin crew doors to manual, whatever they say. And you know, the, the the cabin crew are doing their these are the exits here and here. And oh, it's going to be a massive, massive uh, a round of applause, I think, on most flights around the world. Yeah, you're right. There's already there's already a lot of um uh, a lot of sort of research out there and, and and word going around that the pent up demand for for travel is uh is really already, is really really bubbling away and will only continue to do so over the next few weeks and months. So, yeah, one one of the hopefully we'll come onto it later, but one of the the positives for me and for a lot of people in my situation um, is the fact that we will be um, we'll have a very sought after product. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and and um, in fact, you know what? I think the the companies have niched down like you do with NFL weekends. I think they're going to be doing really well. I, I just think that the that that's definitely the way to go forward. Um, so yeah, no, chapeau to you. So let's let's start from the beginning, right? Okay, you left school and then you went to Harrods, which. You know that that's I mean that's quite a quite a nice step up from uh, you know as a first job, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny how these things work out. I um, yeah, I, I I finished school at eighteen. Um, never blessed with natural <laughs> academia, should you say? Um, was a little bit lazy at school to be honest, um, and all that kind of thing. To be, um, but uh, I just got a bit of a lucky break at the age of nineteen. A, a lady that I was a lot older than me but did go to the same school um sort of came across her and she was an hr in harrods actually um so she we sort of 
had a little conversation before you know it, I was down there having having interviews and this and the other. And I think I had four interviews to get a job as a sales assistant, <laughs> which uh, it's a pretty rigorous process down there. But um, to be honest, it was the best thing that happened to me. I did that sort of through my so-called university years yeah. um, while everyone else was at, was at, was at uni. But um, yeah, it was the best thing that happened. It gave me one hell of a grounding. Um, trapped me in the deep end. I lived in Harlesden, which uh, is a not so uh, illustrious part of, of northwest London um, from a, from the market town of West Oxfordshire that I'm from um, and just gone on with it, basically. But it was a really good thing to happen. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's like a, an amazing apprenticeship. I, you know, I spent my early years uh, in my career at, um, at a company called JetSave. And actually, it was the business that really set the foundations for a, you know, for a career, for my career after that. So are you using what you've learned at Harrods now? Absolutely. 100%. At the time, it was difficult. They're very draconian there. And that was the days of Mohammed Al-Fayed owning it, actually. He sort of sold it to the Qataris or the Q80s. I forget which one, which, which royal family bought it after. But it was a very, very tough school, basically. Um, mm. he, he quite, he quite, used, he quite literally used to do floor walks every day, um, flanked by his four bodyguards. You would have to stand to attention. Um, his office happened to be uh, the other side of the wall to my department, uh, so I would see him on a regular basis. But uh, it, it was there was a very sort of scary feeling, especially for a young kid going into the big smoke like that. Um, and yeah, they're very, 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 very. It's basically like the army. <laughs> in yeah. a funny, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure they're disrespectful to people that have been in the army, but it's very regimental and incredibly professional. And you either sink or swim. Um, I certainly nearly sunk at the beginning, but I sort of got through it. Um, a tough start. What got you through? What, what got you through it though? Just I sort of realised, I think the opportunity that I had to to to, to be there, and I didn't want to chuck it away. I'd also sounds funny, but it, it's obviously quite a rare thing to do. Someone from a little town where I'm from to go and do what I was doing at my age, so it would have been mm. really embarrassing <laughs> to go back. And that I genuinely, as well, I think, in a quite a vague way, probably got me through. And um, I lucky, very luckily, I had some really good people there that really believed in me, and I had a couple of mentors there that sort of got me through the first three to six months, and then I and then I thrived. Yeah. Oh, amazing. That's really good news. So when you when you left Harrods. The, uh, mm. After the initial baptism of fire, and, uh, and and you got going, and you were flying. What did you then go out to Australia, and New Zealand? Yeah, so I actually took a yeah, I did. I I took the opportunity to go out there. I thought, right, I've done that three or four years, central London. Um, but I I, did, I would just this little bug for travel that I sort of have ingrained in me. I didn't want to just start a career at nineteen and to almost miss the opportunity to go. So um, I took the opportunity to go over to Melbourne after. After three or four years at Harrods, um, I thought, right, I've got that. That's on my CV. Great tick, great reference. When I do come back, it's I can, I can pick up again. So that's basically what happened. Um, spent some time in Melbourne and, yeah, had a, had a great time there playing and coaching cricket and doing a bit of other bits and bobs, mm. travelling around. Um, and then did the same thing the following winter, which is obviously summer down there, down in New Zealand, in the South Island of New Zealand, again, playing cricket. Mm. Uh, this that and the other having a wonderful time and i'm so again so glad i did it was it was super and then i was still still could um use that experience along with the harrods experience to sort of get into the travel industry if that makes sense yeah no absolutely so you, that's when you got that's so but yeah that's when you got into travel after that when you came back and Spot worked on, yeah, private travel got a job with, stuff. yeah i'm from a town called whitney in west oxfordshire just mm. outside a few miles outside oxford um and there's a company called oxford private travel um who are a very high-end um very re- reputable 
sort of villa operator essentially not operator villa agent and yeah had a good good few years with them and uh, that was that was yeah like I, I, what i really fell in love with the sort of fell in love with the industry i suppose the glamour of it yeah yeah no absolutely yeah it is very glamorous absolutely so have you always wanted to be your own boss is that something that no. you've, has driven you before or is it something that just suddenly came to you came to me i i it's actually similar again, going back to Paul Paul Cleary's, I thought he, had a, he did a fantastic podcast. Um, he, he talked about his first fan to, I think, California, I think he was yeah. saying he went to. I got popped off to Barcelona and I stayed at the W Hotel. And if anyone listening to this knows about W Hotels, they're pretty, they're pretty cool. They're aimed at wealthy people in their 20s and 30s, basically. And there's a nightclub at the top and I just had an absolute ball and went and just did it was absolutely fantastic and i did that about two months into my time there and i thought right well this, this is for me this is this is great what a fun thing to sell and then what what amazing perks that come with it um and then i quickly worked out that right that's what i want to do i, I want to start up my own version of this um but i very much knew that i needed to do an apprenticeship in that in, in the industry i wasn't going to start it up until i really got to grips with how it all works, um, what the good things are and what the bad things are. Mm. And then I needed to find my own niche. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and sort of six, seven years later, um, those two things came together. And that's why I was able to start NFL Weekends. As it just, so you're, you've started NFL Weekends, as I mentioned in the intro uh, last mm. year. So American football, that's pretty different to cricket. So <laughs> what, what, uh, what drew you to the NFL? So two twofold really the nfl is having a huge surge in this country of popularity they, they played the the new york giants played the Miami dolphins in 2007 yeah, at wembley and that was the first time that a um an nfl game had been played in england and in the uk um if you fast forward you know 12 13 years there's now four games a year here to yeah. tottenham to wembley and they all sell out in seconds basically um sky sport if you turn on sky sports you can't really watch it for half an hour without there being some kind of advert about you know what, what games there are going on and for the same with five live and talk sport it's, it's basically in your face and it's having a huge surge of popularity in this country there's 88 american football teams in the uk um it's just huge um so it is a business opportunity essentially um in turn, uh, from, from that perspective and the mm. popularity of it and i also have a huge passion huge passion for sport i also have a huge passion for sport watching i truly believe that it just it really does bring people together um there's no right or wrong way of watching sport anyone can do it um whether you're five years old or 85 years old um or whether you want to whether you want to watch the super bowl in front of a hundred thousand people or whether you want to go and watch a league two football match in front of a thousand people i think everything and that you know everything has its has its own sort of um, nuances should they say so i just think and the way that they do sport in america i don't know if you if you've had the privilege of watching any kind of sport in america but it's just an absolute it's a concert basically it's just a razzmatazz it's brash it's big it's bold <laughs> it's american it's not british um so i really want to part of the business is really taking people over and experiencing how they how they do it over there yeah. um and just if just diving in and being a part of it for a few days <laughs> oh no it's, it is a, it is an incredible experience actually and it's something mm. uh, you know in, in america i mean it's it's a very cultural thing it's drilled into people right from an early age you know just like english football is here you know i was like bowled over by it i was okay so i've seen i've seen American football a couple of times. Okay. First game I went to was in 1985 yeah. and it was the Houston Oilers and we at the Astrodome. 
Now, okay. Houston Oilers, they, they, I think they're the Texans now, aren't they? Texans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is like way back when. So they were my team. But okay. no, I was like, I couldn't believe it. I, you know, I've been to a few, I've been to football games. Cause I'm, a, I'm a Fulham supporter, so I, I know all about my hand yeah. off my head. So, you know, I've, I was really lucky to see George Best play in one of his last games at Fulham. And, um, uh, and before anybody jumps on, I was born in, in Hammersmith. So, you know, I've, I've, <laughs> I, I'm, it's okay to. Well, I'm not one of these. Yeah, Fulham. you can't be a glory supporter when you support Fulham. But uh, no, it was incredible. It was a fantastic day, you know. Um, and uh, there are people out there barbecuing. And in Texas, they do things really big. Okay, everything, everything's like what well, it's like a size bigger than everything else. And um, so they had these trailers on their pickups, which were like massive oil drums, which they'd converted into barbecues. And everybody was like jumping in, putting some stuff on and and, mm. and there's music and beer and soft drinks and stuff. It was great. It was a massive party, um, yeah. you know, before the game. And then afterwards, it sort of carried on. It was a great, it was a fantastic experience. Yeah. So that's what we do. Basically, the main event is the game day. So we'll go into it. I've got local fan groups I work with over there. We'll do exactly what you just described. We'll get to the ground at 9am and barbecue, play beer pong, listen to loud music. Everyone's in their jerseys. It's just a, a, pre, a party. Uh, you know, nine till till twelve, and then luckily I've got good relationships with the actual teams themselves. Yeah. I get everything directly with them. So I'll go onto the pitch, we'll go pitch side, there's selfies with the players and all that kind oh, of thing. Awesome. And like I say, the game goes on for three and a half hours, even though it's only supposed to be, it's only theoretically an hour. But um, it's just the culture over there. There's marching bands, there's cheerleaders, there's there's loud music, and yeah, it's it's absolutely great. Yeah. No, it is. It's fantastic. And I, I wholeheartedly recommend going over and experiencing it. Can can people sort of do it and um, as sort of a, a tag on to if they're already in America, they can like bolt it onto their trip with you? Or how does that work? Yeah. So the, the trips that we, we run. So we go to New York, we go to Boston, we go to Miami and Nashville. Um, so my, uh, Nashville and Miami, because they're slightly longer flights, probably four nights there, or these three night trips to New York and Boston, because they're just a quick hop over mm. the pond. Um, but yeah, if someone's already over there, absolutely, we can just they they can either side of those three or four nights, they can obviously do as they wish. We can just mess around with the flights and things. Absolutely. Okay. And who's your favourite team? Uh, Miami Dolphins. So probably behind me, you can see them. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the banner in my room, my in my room. But yeah, Miami Dolphins. They're they're, they're just yeah, they're fantastic. Miami's my favourite place. I just love it. I think it's yeah, it's absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, it's cool. and I like an underdog as well. The, the Dolphins have been pretty poor for the last well, God, 30, 20, 30, 30, 20, 30 years or so. <laughs> <laughs> so I quite like. I quite like on on the other end of the, spe- on, of the spectrum. I, I follow Oldham Athletic in football. Uh, and they really are truly terrible. So I, I quite like to pick a, to pick a, <laughs> a rogue team and um, try and go on a journey with them. <laughs> well, I think with with um, with American football and their what do they call it when they're coming out of college and their, their, uh, the draft the draft picks and everything it does give it does give teams an opportunity to improve, doesn't it? It's a, yeah, it's it's basically a, it's a socialist system they have <laughs> with regards to the NFL. So if you come last, anyone that doesn't know, if you come last, thirty-two teams. If you are the thirty-second team, uh, the worst team, you get the first pick in the draft, uh-huh. and then the second worst team gets the second pick, and so on and so on and so on. And the, what that does is, as well as a few other things, I won't go into. It sort of is a constant revolving door of the strength of the team, whereas opposed to here, it's very much. 
money orientated and you'll get your Man Cities and your Man Uniteds and your Liverpools mm. that will be at the top of the tree for yeah for, the, for our lifetimes, <laughs> I'm sure. But it's not just NFL though, is it? Because there's a massive college yes. football system in there. And, and um, can you go and can you go and watch the college teams as well? Yeah, we can. So the, the beauty of it is, um, yeah, so obviously the NFL is a Sunday. Um, and that's the sort of the game day and the main main event, so to speak. But there's within our, all of the cities, there's the college local college teams are within an hour of the city, an hour and a half of the city, and they play on Saturdays. So, so absolutely, we can do that as part of the trip. Some yeah. people may decide during the during the time they'll actually just want to check out the city, or go to a winery, or, or, or go on a boat trip, or do whatever. Um, mm. But absolutely, if, if you're there for a real all-encompassing sport weekend, definitely go, go and check out the college football because college football attract just as big a crowds as. NFL. Yeah, I know. It's it's, it's yeah. amazing, actually. And and um, you were saying there's been a um, an up upsurge in sort of popularity, and there's a lot of that stuff is is also on has been driven by TV programs on Netflix. You know, you've got the yeah, All or Nothing, great. and um, uh, and there's a, a few other things as well. The, the, the programs which have sort of documented a season, if you like, with the Correct. team, and it's yeah. really it's really interesting actually seeing how it all works out. Yeah, it's great, and that's that's one of the many things that have helped grow grow it in this country. That they're really great insights, and again, just the culture is different. And I think that's I think that's a great thing to celebrate and experience and yeah. get into. So, you launched just before COVID. What's what's life been like over the last year? Well, I actually launched in. So, if anyone, this it's quite important to to know just for the back backstory is that the NFL season runs September to February mm. and the NFL released their schedule in April so April is my time basically when I can release the trips and wh- where we're going and when and things mm. um, I launched the business if you back in I actually started the business sorry in October September 2019 okay and I then I then spent six months basically going back and forth to America building these relationships with the teams with the tailgate guys with the hotels and, and everything that sort of aspect of the trip i sort of designed um, and i left my job in january to go full-time with this <laughs> um <clears throat> obviously covid then struck obviously end of march wasn't it so yeah. it struck about three weeks before i had i was due to sort of really start marketing and selling the trips if you're with me yeah. um so, I mean, I, that's just how you choose to look at things. I mean, at the end of the day, I started a travel company, a sports travel company, two months before the cancellation of all sport and all travel. <laughs> that's just the fact. Um, it's just how you choose to, to look at it. And yeah, don't get me wrong, it's, it's pretty gutting. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's absolutely fine. Um, end of March, all good. It's only me. All I, the two things that I then had to do for 12 months, because obviously I'm starting it again, coming up to this coming March and April, all I've got to do is make sure there's a roof over my head. Um, and that's fine. I'm, I haven't got a family or anything at the moment. So I've got to look after myself. Um, and I've just got to keep my brand out there, if that makes sense. Uh, network, give a positive message. Um, and yeah, get get myself known for 12 months. And yeah, like, and that, that's sort of it really. And so for 12 months, I've worked in a warehouse. I've worked in about three different pubs. I have me and my friend set up a, a mulled wine stall in the centre of Oxford. I've just sort of done whatever it takes, really, just to get get by. I've been pretty active on on LinkedIn and social media and networked wherever wherever possible. So the the positive is that come this coming March and April, I'll be a lot more better known. Sorry, not me, but the business, <laughs> and maybe me. I will be a lot more better known than I was if I was to go into it as planned last year. Um, and we'll take advantage of the of this huge pent up demand mm. of of travel 
basically, yeah. and sport as well. And I can offer both <laughs> in this one same foul swoop. So there's absolutely reasons reasons to be cheerful. It really is. Yeah, no, absolutely. And good for you for getting out there and, and just, you know, doing something you know you know like it's very challenging and um you know it's the best thing to do is just get out there and and and, and do something and then you'll suddenly find that you know the the good stuff's going to come it might be a little bit down the line but um you definitely you definitely got the right mindset and i've noticed that in your in your posts on on linkedin and 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 so on and and uh very very positive and upbeat and you know always wanting to uh to try and learn and and uh, and meet new people and and all the all of the stuff that you should be doing really would you say that it's been it's been a challenge, and but it's been a challenge for everybody. But what have you learnt about yourself from the last few months? What what sort of oh, things did, did you think? Actually, do you know what? I didn't realise I could. I was like that. That's that's that's. I'm quite pleased with myself about that. Yeah, uh, pretty resilient to be honest. Um, the, yeah, I don't want to big myself up too <laughs> too much. No, no, it's but, all right. Uh, this is what it's all about. Self self praise and all that. But yeah, certainly pretty, pretty <laughs> not something that comes overly naturally to me. But certainly, um, certainly resilient. A- a- absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. There's there's um, that's definitely something. Um, looking at the positives of of the situation, a bit of a, it's, a, it's a cliche, but I have actually found in the last ten months, cliches are generally true, aren't they? <laughs> like cliches for a reason. Um, but but uh, yeah, you can't you can't affect what you can't control at the, at the end of the day. So I can't control what Boris Johnson decides to do. I can't decide how control how this virus decides to mutate and spread. Um, I can only control what um, how I come across and what I decide to do at the end of the day. And that is essentially the absolute base of how I've lived for the last 12 months, uh, 10, 12 months and will continue to do so. And that's, yeah, it's very simple, but that, that, that's it really. Yeah. So I've, I've certainly learned that I'm that I'm, that I'm very resilient. I've learned how to help others, um, actually. Um, something that I really enjoyed. Something that, yeah, something that I get, not the reason you do it, but it does come around eventually. I'm sure it will in the future, but mm. um, it gives you, it gives you fulfillment helping others. And, and, you know, I've had a lot of time while I have been trying to work <laughs> at the, every, whenever I can, but I've had more time in my hands. So it, it's great to be able to help others and it's great to be able to actually go to networking meetings. Mm. And, you know, you go to a networking meeting and you, you go around the, go around the room. And uh, I had this a few times. Uh, you go around the room and everyone has their two minutes. Uh, and it sort of got to me and everyone, I guess it's the reason why they were on the call, I suppose. But everyone's sort of going around saying, I've done this, I've done that, because they're in the world of construction. They're all, or they're in, they might be in IT or tech or, or something, all these businesses or industries that are thriving. And then it sort of gets to me. <laughs> I haven't really got a particularly <laughs> uh, positive story to tell, but I, it's been really enjoyable to actually... We'll come on to this in a minute because something I want to mention, but reading the news and stuff, it's very easy to think that the whole world is just in absolute turmoil and a hell of a lot of people are. But a hell of a lot of people are doing fantastically well. So I've learned to sort of really enjoy other people's success, I think. I think that's really important. Uh, and yeah, learn, learn to pivot. There's different, there's new things I might have to I might have to move slightly move the business in different directions, depending on you know how this thing what, what happens and yeah, a lot, a lot of things basically, and I think that's a, that's just absolutely massive. I think you've grown, become a better person, and you've grown. And you could argue that if I had just had an all, all singing, all dancing, successful year one, and if things had just gone swimmingly well and beautifully, then would I have really grown as a person? Then probably certainly nowhere near as much as I have. So I think that's a huge positive. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's that's a really, it's a fantastic philosophy, and um, that's a 
a really nice thing to say. And also, you're right, helping other people is a is a welcome distraction, but it's also a really it's a really life affirming thing to do. And I've seen lots of people do it and and they're really happy and you know, they're not unhappy. They might be um you know, struggling at work or whatever, but they don't they come across as people that are really well sorted, just like you really. So yeah, well, the, the, one of the reasons I have started to sort of get better and really enjoy it is because when I started, when I obviously started and started up, and I still am starting up, I suppose, but 12 months ago, I was, when you start a business, you need help, you need to reach out and you need help mm-hmm. um, and you need introductions and you need this, that and the other. But at the same time, you really haven't got much, a great deal to give back <laughs> at that stage. And that was a real worry for me. I thought, well, I can't really ask that person to introduce me to that person or to help me with this because I can't offer anything back but people i learned very quickly that the, the right people are just happy to help and mm. they, they really are they don't want anything back they don't want you know they just don't want anything back and they just want to help and i think that without being to sound too cheesy uh, it's like the world really is a better place with with that with more people with that attitude and oh, especially yeah. at the moment crikey we all need to we all need to help each other yeah no absolutely i i you know don't be afraid yeah never be afraid to ask for help um, yeah. And that's a that's a that's a key point. You know, you're talking about celebrating other people's successes and pivoting. And is that something that um, you, you find easy? It, what, what sort of things are you talking about? Yeah, just go just going into that, just going into these these networking meetings. And we had we did have a stage in the summer where I could go to golf networking meetings and you you have a meeting beforehand. And yeah, you actually there's two ways of looking at it. You can think, oh, my God. How oh, is not fair? I'm the only person in this room whose business isn't working. Just how is it fair that 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 person who is in the bathroom fitter <laughs> is is absolutely smashing it and has got work coming out of his ears? And or you can choose to look at it in a great way and think, oh, fantastic! You know, the you know, and live through other people's success and mm-hmm. just think it's not as bad as everyone makes out. Um, mm-hmm. I think, and, and you end up walking away feeling uplifted off the back of other people's success rather than feeling sorry for yourself and thinking how unfair this is, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do you, do you think that you're, no, actually I'm going to reword it. Does optimism fit? Where does optimism fit in your life? I think optimism is, I think it's easy to, you think of the word optimism and you think in the immediately comes into my mind anyway, someone jumping around and someone being extraordinarily sort of happy and, uh, out there don't you I mean I do anyway that that's the thing that optimism comes to mind whereas actually um it's it's not necessarily not necessarily loud it's not brash it's about finding a way and remaining calm and level-headed um, is it a and feeling? It's about pro- problem so I think so yeah I think it's a feeling um I think it's something that you doesn't necessarily something that you can learn um I didn't feel opt- I didn't feel immediately optimistic <laughs> when we ran into lockdown on the 23rd of March, obviously. <laughs> but um, I felt pretty sad <laughs> uh, about everything and a bit scared and all that kind of thing. But I think once you give yourself time and you're, like you say, you remain calm and level headed, mm. um, <clears throat> you can be optimistic, but you can be optimistic by not running around and shouting how wonderful everything is. You can be optimistic by working out and problem solving and pivoting and just slightly changing your way. So to me, it's a bit more of a sort of a calm approach, mm. especially when you're being optimistic when instinctively you wouldn't be, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. That's what it means to me, I'd say, especially certainly in the last 12 months. I'm trying to think of it sort of if you're if you're playing cricket, okay, and you're going out to bat, you can't you can't go out there pe- pessimistic, can you? you? You've got to be optimistic about your chances of of getting a hundred or whatever, haven't you? If you're going out to bat, yeah, you can look at it. Life's a bit like that, isn't it? 
you can put it. I, I, I often, I have been thinking that what's been helping me through this a little bit, and is, is sort of looking at like a bit like a game of poker. And I know poker is a base game on luck, but if you take that, if you take that element out of it, just forget the, the lucky side of it. But in poker, you get dealt so everyone in the, around your table of ten gets dealt a set of two cards, right? And the bloke opposite you will get two aces, and the bloke next to you will get whatever, and you might get a two seven. If you, when you get that two seven, you don't flip the table in the air, throw your cards away, and walk off, do you? You might check or you might fold or you might do a little bet. You play it as you see fit. Mm. And then you hang in there until you get a better set of cards um, and a better set of cards. And once more, you can't control what the dealer is putting on the table. You can't control the three card, the flop he puts out. You, he, you can't control what cards he puts on the table. So that's quite a good analogy, I think, a good way of looking at it, that everyone is just in this together. It's affecting everyone. Some people might work in an industry or might have shares in zoom for example mm-hmm. <laughs> and they've been dealt a hell of a lot of pairs of aces and they're absolutely laughing and you're the little one in the corner who's just about clinging on waiting for waiting for your good hands um and i think that's quite a good way of looking at it really yeah so there are lots of analogies you can use and in any sport yeah yeah do you so what what have you got plans for 2021 and, and beyond what are your what are your goals uh so um at the moment i'm just uh, so yeah like i said we got so we're working on april as the is when the, the schedule releases for the upcoming season, which, like I say, runs September through to March, uh, through to February. Um, so, I, at the moment, the goal is between now and April is to, uh, yeah, just grow awareness of the of the brand and of the company and of myself, mm-hmm. um, just to network, to grow all the followings, and just to sort of, you know, shout about what what we're doing and all the exciting stuff that we've got coming up. Essentially, yeah, um, it's then a case of seeing how the land lies come April and the advantage that I do have is that you know I'm, I'm working across a whole season right so I can in April at the moment I'm thinking it's probably likely that I'll put some trips on for later in the you know November December type thing mm-hmm. to, so, to buy myself some more time obviously with Covid guarantees and all that type of thing and you know it, it, the vaccines are underway both here and the states so I am very quietly hopeful that we can get cracking with some trips really yeah um and if, you know, like I say, it's out, it's out of my hands. But if that's not the case, then I will have another go next year. I'm on next year. Another <laughs> go next year. Keep going the following you get, year. You get, you get the idea. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. No, that's fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. James, it's been uh, a real pleasure to speak with you. And um, the way that you've gone about things has, has really impressed me. And, and I, I want to, uh, you know, congratulate you on your on what you've done to get this far. And, and um, I can only see, you know, really great things ahead for you because you've got the right attitude. You've got a great mindset. You know, you've got a great product as well. So it, it's it's all lined up for you for when things can really kick off. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And um, yeah, just to anyone else out out. Yeah, that means to sound too again too cheesy, or whatever. But if for anyone else out there who's uh, who's having a tough time of it and there's no light at the end of the tunnel or whatever, then you're more than welcome to give me a shout or um, yeah, just just hang on in there because the better times are, are certainly certainly uh, certainly ahead. Great, uh, no, and and I totally agree with that. And thank you very much for the offer. That's very kind of you. Um, I'll put all of your contact details on the show notes, so um, you know you can contact James on on LinkedIn and and uh, you're on Facebook as well, aren't you? And and other stuff yeah so yeah obviously nfl weekends is on so at nfl weekends on facebook at nfl.weekends on my instagram and then my name on on linkedin and um yeah um yeah like i said i'm I'm keen to, to chat and help help people wherever i whatever i can offer wherever i possibly can 
Awesome. Oh, James, that's great. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Really good luck over the coming months. I'll definitely stay in touch. And um, yeah, give me a give me a shout if you need anything. Top man. Cheers, Steve. Take care, James. I'm sure you'll agree that James is ready for huge success once we come out of this pandemic. I love his attitude and also his product. Please reach out to James and connect with him. Thank you so much for listening. And I know I say this every time, but I'm really, really grateful. And if you want to support the show, all you need to do is hit the subscribe button or share the show with your friends and family and colleagues. Leaving a review would also be totally awesome. So sending a whole heap of optimism your way for the coming weeks. Stay well, everyone. And I'll be back with another episode of The Travelling Optimist very soon.